The reading is taken from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee named Nazareth. He had a message for a girl promised in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. The girl's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Peace be with you. The Lord is with you and has greatly blessed you. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's message, and she wondered what his words meant. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will make him a king as his ancestor David was, and he will be the king of the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, I am a virgin. How then can this be? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and God's power will rest upon you. For this reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Remember your relative Elizabeth. It is said that she cannot have children, but herself is now six months pregnant, even though she is very old, for there is nothing that God cannot do. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. And the angel left her. Oh, hello. Welcome to my humble abode. Well, I was knitting there for a little bit, you know, my regular pastime. But I wanted to invite you as we look at the story of Mary uh, and her experience with the angel Gabriel. So why was Mary so troubled and afraid of the words by the angel? Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I mean, isn't that what we would want to hear from an angel if we were to meet them? Greetings and the Lord is with you. Wouldn't you want to be highly favored? And we say to one another, the Lord is with you. And we respond, and also with you. But here, Mary is troubled by the words of the angel. The Lord is with you. And when we look at the story of Mary, I wonder if we really want to be favored by God. In this story, to be highly favored by God is to carry the child of God. In this case, being highly favored by God wouldn't seem like a favor. More like God seems to be asking Mary for a favor. Like what God? I'm favored by you and that means that I could and will be ostracized by my family and the society that I live in. How about Joseph? What do I tell him? Do I say, Joseph, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm, I was engaged to you, but I'm pregnant. And this baby is from God. It's not from another man. It's from God. Yet, this is the pronouncement by the angel Gabriel, Gabriel to Mary. And Mary asked the question, how could this be even possible since she's still a virgin? And this, this is what Gabriel says. 
the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The angel replies, replies that God will make this happen through the power of the Most High who will over, overshadow her. What does this mean, the word overshadow? And the word overshadow here is the word, uh, a Greek word, episkiazo, which has the meaning of covering over. It alludes to the imagery in the Old Testament where the um, presence of God, the glory of God, covered over the tabernacle. And in the New Testament, we see Luke use the very same word to describe what happens when Jesus is with his disciples in Luke chapter 9, verse 34. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. What happened here in the story where Jesus is overshadowed by the presence of God? The voice in the cloud affirms the identity of Jesus to his disciples. This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When Mary is overshadowed or covered by the presence of God in the Holy Spirit, she was able to give life to the Son of God. In the story of Jesus here, the cloud that overshadowed Jesus led to the affirmation of who Jesus was. Could it be that being covered by the presence of God or to be overshadowed by Him is to be identified as the child of God? And if that's so, when we are covered in the presence of God, we ourselves experience and are affirmed in our identity as daughters and sons of God. Our experience of the presence of God brings forth our true selves. So yes, to be favored by God may not mean the kind of favor where God would do things that we want him to do for us. To be in favor with God is to be in his presence, to be covered or overshadowed by God so that in relationship with the one who gives life, we may live into our calling as the children of God. And you know, for the past month, we have been talking about Mary and her song. And we've been talking about how she was a person of a lowly, humble state. But what I also want to point out is that, that she wasn't just anybody. It wasn't that God chose just random anybody who would have um, bore his son. In fact, I think there was something special about this ordinary girl that God chose. So listen, I think what you could see is here in the glimpse of, uh, in this response by Mary, the glimpse of the depth of her faith. She responds, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You can see her faith and willingness to obey God's purpose for her. She did not run away or say no to what was going to happen but humbly accepted and placed herself before God. Even Mary's song gives a hint to her knowledge of the Old Testament passages. Uh, she alludes to the passage in both uh, Isaiah and then the prayer of Hannah that's also in the Old Testament. So what could this passage mean for us 
as we enter into another lockdown. What might God be saying to us through this passage in the midst of this pandemic? I came across a paraphrase by a blogger, Annie Brocks, of this encounter with Mary and Gabriel, and I hope that this would be a prayer for you. And may you hear the words of the Lord speaking to you through this paraphrase. The Lord says, I come before you this day, and I say to you, Rejoice, you are also highly favored. The Holy Spirit shall also come upon you and overshadow you. Just as Mary physically carried the Son of God in her womb, you are also impregnated with the Holy Spirit and will deliver my promises. He dwells in you, and you are a carrier of my glory to release light into the darkness and joy into this world. Do not wonder in your mind how impossible situations like the pandemic could come to pass. Do not be troubled or perplexed about that which is illogical or unattainable in the natural. I am the God of the impossible, and I will watch over my word to perform it. You will release the diverse gifts that I have placed on the inside of you as my promises are conceived. You shall be carriers of my glory on this earth. Some of you will bring my word to the nations. Just as Gabriel said to Mary, do not fear. I say to you, do not fear. Especially during this time of the pandemic, nothing is too difficult for me to accomplish. There are no impossibilities for me. So rejoice and receive these gifts with a thankful heart and simply respond just as Mary responded. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Receive all that I have for you. My word will not return void, but will accomplish what it is set out to do. It may be in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Hi there, I'm Brittany. I'm going to be reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus made a law. It required that a list be made of everyone in the whole Roman world. It was the first time a list uh, was made of people while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be listed. So Joseph went also. He went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. There, that is where Bethlehem, the town of David, was. Joseph went there because he belonged to the family line of David. He went there with Mary to be listed. Mary was engaged to him. She was expecting a baby. 
While Joseph and Mary were there, the time came for the child to be born. She gave birth to her first baby. It was a boy. She wrapped him in, a lar in large strips of cloth. She, then she placed him in a manger. There was no room for them at the inn. When I think about the moment that baby Jesus is born and Mary holding baby Jesus, I think of the joy and the love that she must feel at that moment. And um, I remember that when I held my baby, I never knew that I could love another human being so deeply. And it was at that moment that I realized that our Heavenly Father loves us so much. And when you have your child, you wanna protect your child from any pain, any suffering, and you would give anything to prevent that. And to know that God the Father willingly allowed Jesus to come down to earth and knowing what he would face, God must love us so, so much that he chases after us and he pursues us and he invites us. So know how much you are loved. And for Mary, it, I don't think it was easy. I mean, sometimes we get a glimpse only of, um, of the significant moments where she's praising God. But, you know, as a teenage mom who um, was pregnant and, and not yet married, who in her ninth month of pregnancy had to travel all the way to Bethlehem. That could not have been easy. And I'm sure there were ups and downs, much like for us this past year with ups and downs and some with maybe more downs than ups. And here I'm encouraged that God can use people who are ordinary, who are even poor, um, and who are afraid and may be suffering and still use them to bless others. And I know the past few years have not been easy for some families at Spring Garden. And, you know, they've seen a lot of heartache um, and a lot of pain. And um, these same families though, when I reach out and ask them if I can pray for them, they turn around and bless me, um, you know, asking if there's anything they can pray about for me. Uh, and I am so encouraged by their amazing, strong faith and just how God has used their suffering to bring them more compassion um, so that they are not turning inwards, but they are turning outwards to see how they can be um, comfort and peace to others. So I think that is for Mary, that um, although sometimes in the Bible, we see the good times or, or we hear about her praise, I'm sure that she had these times where she was uncertain, where maybe she didn't feel um, always happy but be encouraged that despite that, and even in times of suffering, I've seen God use um, and bless others through just simple, ordinary people because their hearts were open to God. And then we come to Jesus, the babe, 
the king who came down and gave up everything for us to be vulnerable, but also to live with us in community and to show us what it means to love each other, to walk with us in our messiness. Um, even when we and the disciples were fighting amongst each other, even when he asked us to pray for him and we fell asleep. So I think that's how we need to be. Um, and these times, I know it's hard. Um, and sometimes we feel loneliness and sometimes we feel isolated. But I encourage you, one, to open your hearts and allow God to use you to bless others and to bring the hope and the joy and the peace that Jesus brings. But also, if you are struggling, to reach out to your community, whether that's family or the Spring Garden family. Please don't feel like you have to be in it alone. Um, and know how much you are loved by God and that despite our weakness, despite our feelings of inadequacy, that God can still use us to bless others. And may he bring that joy, peace, and hope to you this Christmas. Amen. One, two. Luke 2, verses 8 to 19. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, Luke 2, verses 8 to 19. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I've always loved the calm of Christmas Eve. Even as someone who has had to work all but one Christmas Eve over the past 18 years, there's still a peaceful vibe in the air. The one Christmas Eve that I didn't have to work was when my daughter Nev, who's now 10 years old, was born. Christmas Eve at home, snuggled in with a newborn baby. Just like that first evening of Jesus' birth, all is calm, sleeping in heavenly peace. Well, for ten minutes at a time, crashed out on a couch between the crying and the feeding and the changing and the fragrant diapers. And in my case, also having a toddler join in that heavenly chorus of calling for water or the potty or for some soothing. Sleep in heavenly peace. <laughs> well, like most of us, I feel warm and fuzzy romanticizing that first Christmas Eve. You know, the one that we sing about. The cattle are lowing and baby Jesus awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. It feels nice to picture that first Christmas as an all-is-calm, silent night. We like to picture baby Jesus all swaddled up in his beautiful clean blankie, smelling of baby powder and sleeping through the night with no crying. But this baby, well, is a baby. Kids, the adults tend to forget this, but are babies quiet? No, not really. And that beautiful baby smell that adults like to talk about? It's not actually the baby that makes those smells. That smell is the clean sheets, the bathed skin, the baby powder. But let's be honest, kids. Between you and me, baby Jesus pooped like every other baby. Which means stinky and messy and noisy. And speaking of cattle lowing, have you ever heard what a cattle lowing sounds like? It sounds, it, the idea sounds like it should be peaceful when we sing it in a lullaby, but it's not peaceful. As a city guy myself, I sleep better to the sound of streetcar tracks or the 401 than I would with the intermittent sound of cows. Add to this, this noise Sometime in the middle of the night, a group of strangers showed up at Mary's door. Shepherds from out in the fields, excitedly going on about an angel scaring the heebie-jeebies out of them. Heavenly hosts praising God and telling them to go visit this child that was born. You know how desperate and exhausted a new mother is to get their baby to fall asleep? Well, let me paint a picture for you. You've got these strangers coming, animals, the baby crying, and who on earth thought it would be a good idea to give that kid a drum? 
Just kidding. I, I don't think there was actually a kid with a drum there, but I guess you never know. At least that's what the songs tell us. And this is a lot to take in. And it is far from a silent night. Yet this, this is the holiest of night. Not the romanticized ideal that is ingrained in the folklore of our cultural Christmas traditions. That version is what it looks like when Jesus comes in our image of a perfect holy night. But God's version of what it looks like when Jesus comes is one of the noisy clamber of long journeys and animals and gawking strangers and hospitality and labor pain and the cries of a newborn baby, a baby that is beyond all human comprehension, the hope for our world. And is this mess and into this mess of the holy and the noisy. Mary, mother of Jesus, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. It is in the midst of suffering that the presence of Jesus comes to bring joy. In the midst of oppression, he offers freedom. In the midst of loneliness, where silence is a deafening reminder of our isolation, that we are offered his comforting presence. In the midst of anxiety, he offers us peace. And it's in the midst of death that Jesus brings life. So in the noise and the messiness, in our anxieties and fears, in our loneliness and isolation, let us receive this light that has come into the world. Let us receive this peace that has been offered by the Savior of the world. That on this holy and noisy night, whether it's silent or not, may we know the presence of Emmanuel and sleep in heavenly peace. And may we who receive this light pass the light of Christ on to others, that they may know this peace, hope, love, and joy of our Savior who was born this blessed night. And this is how we can sing to ourselves and to others, sleep in heavenly peace, for Christ our Messiah has come. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.